Hi, and welcome to Best Practices Chats. In this podcast, I will have chats with middle school band directors from around South Carolina about best practices from their teaching that they are willing to share with you. My name is Mike Dahl, and I'll be the host of these chats. If you have any questions about the information shared, if you need some clarification about something we discussed, or if you want to continue the discussion, simply email the director from this episode. I'm sure they will be willing to help. We hope you enjoy today's chat. Well, today we're going to chat with Jim Kilgus, who's a band director in the Upstate, and uh, he's going to tell us a little about himself, and then we're going to get to our little uh, discussion for today. So, Jim, tell us about your school and your education background and things like that. Okay, great, Mike, and thanks for having me on. Um, I am uh, the band director at Malden Middle School, which is uh, one of the many schools in the school district of Greenville County in the upstate of South Carolina. I, um, I'm a uh, Furman grad, you know, go Paladins. I did my master's at the uh, University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. And um, after I was there, I returned uh, back to Greenville, uh, being at uh, Furman, loved it here and had some connections. It was lucky enough to fall into a couple of good jobs here and there. I've been here in the district for, this is my 28th year. And this is my 15th year here at uh, Malden Middle School. Um, our school, like most of the middle schools in our county, is right at about 1,000 students. I think we're at 1,050 now. Uh, for those people not familiar with the school district of Greenville County, we're, um, to be blunt, huge. We have 20 middle schools, 14 high schools, and I think 58 elementary schools. So uh, our district runs the gamut from uh, from very affluent to not so much. Um, luckily, right now, I'm um, having been here a while on what I consider to be a good place. Uh, the socioeconomic status of my school would be on the high end. I have uh, ex- excellent parental support, community support, administrative support, and faculty support where I am. Uh, I've often said to people, I've after being in the education world for a long time, I'm finally teaching in, in Disney World. We have a lot of things that happen in the environment I'm in now that can't happen in a lot of other places. But we like to take the advantages that we've been given and try to push them to the limits as much as we can to uh, have the best paying program that we can and, and help as many students as we can and achieve as much musically as we can. So, Cool. Yeah. Uh, so where did you... Where did you grow up, Band, middle school and high school? I'm from Bamberg, South Carolina, which is directly uh, in the middle of the state-ish. It's an hour from Columbia, an hour from Charleston, and an hour from Augusta. Uh, Terry Pruitt was one of my band directors, as was Fred Stewart, and uh, both very influential for me. And I spent um, you know, my time there in Bamberg back in the day. Uh, Bamberg has a history, a very proud history of band. In the late 60s, early 70s, I believe they had six state championships in a row. And this is back when state championship was one thing. It wasn't out in classifications back in the day. My brothers and sisters were all in band. My parents were not musical, but uh, they supported us in the endeavors of band, and it turned out really well for me. Cool. Now, uh, tell us here, before we get into the body, what we're going to talk about, tell us something that you... Jim Kilgus likes to do for fun that doesn't involve band or teaching. Just something you like to do in your spare time. If you if you could choose to do something, what what would be uh, what really gets you going besides band? Okay, I didn't know you were going to ask this, but this is a this is a fun question because 
12, 14 years ago, I decided to try and find a hobby. I'd been doing band for, you know, 14 years or so and tried to find a hobby. And after three years of looking, I found out that I actually like doing this more than anything else. Uh, when, I, when I'm on vacation, if it's a long vacation and I find myself just kind of hanging out for a long time, I get bored and usually try to find out where the local band is and go hang out with them and whatnot. So I'm one of those rare people that are blessed to be actually doing the thing that they would do if they had the choice of doing anything in the world. I get to go to school every day. I get to work with kids every day. I get to teach music every day. And that really is the thing that I want to do more than anything else. I would love to be like really good at fishing or something else, but I, I get bored pretty easily in those environments. I enjoy, I enjoy getting away from school for a day or two, but after that, it's time to get back. And then you also uh, do do some directing with the uh, Carolina Youth Symphony, is that correct? I have. I've been with the uh, Carolina Youth Symphony for 27 years also. I'm starting my, my 28th year with them, which is a, um, a youth-based orchestra in the upstate of South Carolina. We have students, majority of the students are from South Carolina, probably 12 to 15 percent are from North Carolina and 1 to 2 percent are from Georgia. Uh, 70 to 75 schools represented, three orchestras. I believe our enrollment this year is around 260-ish. Uh, we rehearse uh, at Furman on Sunday afternoons, and there are three orchestras. Uh, Dr. Hicken conducts what is our, our top orchestra. I conduct the concert orchestra, and Ginger Greer, who's an amazing strings teacher in the upstate, also uh, conducts our repertory orchestra. It's been a, a, a real blessing in my life to have that musical outlet uh, in addition to my public school teaching. Cool. Well, um, you know, this time of year, everybody who teaches, uh, beginners especially, um, we basically have one thing on our mind, and that is, what are we going to do with the beginners here in the next few weeks? And um, so maybe we can talk a little bit about that, and, and I know your situation um, in regards to some of these questions is going to be a little different than uh, probably a majority of folks, but uh, I still think there's some really neat things that at least you and I have talked about in the past that uh, we could maybe uh, share with other people and then if it works for them or they can make something like this work, great. If not, they can maybe take some stuff and modify it a bit. But first of all, uh, you know, I know Greenville's a big place. You've probably got kids coming from, you know, 20 elementary schools or something like that. But um, what sort of things do you do to recruit? Because obviously you've got a big band program, got a lot of interest in kids wanting to be there and wanting to be good. And so what are some of the things that you do to uh, recruit? Well, and, and I, let me preface everything that we're going to talk about now for anybody um, who's listening to say that we are in a somewhat unique situation. Uh, we have developed a program here that feeds itself. We've, uh, I've been here for 14 years. Julie Poston's been here for 12 years. At this point, a third to half of our band are siblings that come through who know what we do and they understand the process. So a lot of our recruiting is sustained just through the, the fact that we've been here and the families know what's going on and we have a reputation in the community. And also to say that uh, when we start talking about this recruiting and whatnot, we do things differently because over the years we've developed a system that works for us. We tend to do things a little earlier than other people. So just kind of uh, for those listening, keep that in mind. So our recruiting is done in an eight-minute section uh, session that happens usually the week of convention. So early February, 
our school district allows middle schools to have all of the students who are going to attend the following year to be bused in for two hours. And they get to tour the school, and they get to have a meeting where the principal talks, and during that time, and, and some, some kids talk about student council and sports and all the great things that, that are going to be offered in middle school that elementary school doesn't offer. During that session, the strings, band, and the chorus, we do a, a little instrument demonstration and play a song and, and have a little pep rally to try to get students to join. So just imagine that we're in our, our cafeteria here. The band is down on the floor. The strings are up on the stage. The choir is on the risers. We've got 350, 400 <clears throat> current fifth graders that, that come in completely lost, never been in the building. They sit down. The principal does a welcome, the guidance counselors talk, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then we each get literally eight minutes to do a thing, to do what we, what we call our spiel. Um, I get up, and we ask, uh, you know, hey, these are the instruments of the band. Flute plays. Uh, I have a flute player play a scale. I have a clarinet player play something. I have a saxophone play something jazzy. You know, hey, these are the instruments. And then we play some song that just lights them on fire. Uh no offense to anybody out there, we don't play Mozart to recruit. Uh, this year we did Star Wars. In the past we've done some Earth, Wind, and Fire, et cetera, et cetera. We play a song. We get them up dancing. We get the teachers that come with them from the elementary school dancing in the aisles. Then they all say, hey, I want to be in Ben. And that literally is the extent of our recruiting. Uh, other than, again, sibling support, we do mail a flyer to everybody who's coming to uh, be a, a sixth grader here, we mail something to everybody's house. While they're here at that event that day, they also tour the school. We have the band room set up so that instead of walking past the room and looking in, they walk in the band room and walk around it through the room in a big circle. Sometimes with a class sitting in the middle of the band, they walk around, they can touch instruments and see what the band room's like and see the awards and see you know all the fun stuff. A lot of stuff going on. The kids are all having a good time. And then we hand them a flyer to invite them to the instrument selection sections that we have. But we would love to go to the elementary schools and play concerts. We would love to invite um, them to come to our concerts. But to be honest, our concerts are so well attended that there's not room to invite the general public beyond the parents that we currently have. And our school really doesn't, isn't set up in such a way that we can take an entire band out to go to an elementary school. And like you said, we, we have kids from actually six elementary schools. We can't really hit all those schools in a day or two. and it, It's just too disruptive. So we've learned to make that, that eight-minute segment really work for us uh, to kind of get them excited and, and jacked up about band. And then, like I said, you know, we have the uh, instrument selection sections for them to come and try out all the instruments. Cool. So, uh, kind of, you touched on the next thing. And that was, you know, <clears throat> once you've got these kids that said yes, I'm going to be in band. Um, how do you do your instrument fitting, or your, you know, how do you help them decide what's their uh, their best option uh, for them? And this is a very personal thing when it comes to band directors. Um, a lot of people like to have a store come in to have their kids uh, mouthpiece tested and rhythm tested for percussion. Um, a lot of people like to do it themselves. There's just, there are a lot. What works for us is uh, Miss Poston and I, we have four section, uh, selection sessions. 
One might be at 4 o'clock, another one might be at 6, one might be at, at 5. And we have on different days of the week over a three-week period. And the thing that will catch most people off guard probably is we start the last week of January and we finish the second week of February. And we turn our schedule in the week of Valentine's Day every year to guidance. And during these sessions, I'll invite uh, former students who are very gifted high school students or other band directors to come in. And we give a spiel about here are the instruments and we'll demonstrate them for the parents and the kids. They all sit in, a, uh, in an audience style sitting in the band room. And we show them all. We tell them how to get an instrument, where to get an instrument. And then after we've done all that, <clears throat> we back the seats up. And we have big lines, and I have um, what I would consider a professional or an advanced high schooler or a college student at each instrument. And they get to come up and try every instrument over and over as many times as they want. Over and over. We let them pick up and hold a flute and a clarinet and a trumpet and a saxophone and a tuba and everything, all the woodwinds and brasses. And they can go from line to line and try them all over and over and over, pick them up, actually play them. Uh, Mr. Scheich, our high school band director, and uh, Mr. Davis at the high school will come over and, and handle the woodwinds. They talk to them about embouchure and breathing and help them make adjustments to see the very best sound they can get. And we're not trying to get them to play a scale at that point. We talk to the parents and say, we're trying to figure out what's going to be easiest for your child. And then after we've told them what's going to be easiest and what might not be the easiest thing, they have to make a decision. During these sessions, other than double reeds and tuba and percussion, the kids can pick any instrument that they want to. If they, if they, on the back of our sheet, we have a grid has lists all the instruments, and as they try out flute, we give them a score from one to ten on flute. And the same thing for clarinet and saxophone. The parents can take that sheet after they've done this. It takes an hour, hour and a half sometimes, sometimes two hours, because they like to keep going around and picking up the instruments. Parent can look at the sheet. Parent can look at the scores and say, hey, you know, little Johnny scored great on clarinet and not quite as well on trumpet, but he really wants to play trumpet. Then Johnny gets to play trumpet. They come up and talk to Miss Poston or I. We talk over what's going to happen. We sign the sheet together. They leave the sheet with us, and then that child gets registered for band on that instrument. Uh, when I say on that instrument, let me just put in here, we have uh, 12 band classes here that are separated by instrument. So the instrument chooses what class they're going to be in. Um, for percussion, we have a completely different room. After they've tried some wind instruments, they have to audition with me. They either have to sit down and play piano for me, what we like to say is three years of private lessons, or they have to score very high on a rhythm test. They don't have to play piano to get in percussion, but if they don't play piano, they have to score very high on a rhythm test, which is an echo test that I give. They're not looking at music, but it is on a real snare drum, and it is really loud, and it is in front of everybody who wants to watch. So if they score what we consider a 90% on the rhythm test or higher, or play piano, then they're allowed to register into percussion class. Okay. Um, one of the things that's interesting about our process is it's amazing how close to the actual instrumentation that you would like to have we actually get every year by doing that. <clears throat> so those are the four, we have four regular sessions. After that, because we do this, I mean, we turned in our schedule this past year on February 15th. 
after that, if somebody moves in or didn't make all the four sessions or say they didn't know, which is impossible, if they say that, then they will take the instruments that we say we're still taking. For example, I had a student come yesterday, and that student got to choose between flute, trumpet, or trombone. That is all that we're still taking. And that's another way that we continue to balance things out. Do you find sometimes, does that ever discourage anybody or, or they generally just say, okay, well, I get it, so that's what I get to choose from? Well, uh, occasionally, uh, well, I'm not even going to say occasionally, I'm going to say rarely. It really is amazing how well things usually work out because there's a whole philosophy we could discuss about it, but it's interesting how the instruments of the band, how the number you want kind of aligns with how the population is talented. Like, not many people can actually play percussion, and not many people need to play percussion in a band. And not many people can play oboe, and not many people should play oboe. And But uh, but flutes, a lot of people can play flute, and a lot of people should play flute. So the balance works itself out really well, as long as you don't talk about saxophone. Just don't get me started on that, because, you know, saxophone, you can have so many that you can't hear the band, and it is an instrument that a lot of people can play. But for the most part, it does work out, and we keep things balanced. We, um, with our grade bands, 6th, 7th, and 8th, we do festivals and we do competitions, but we have a, a before and after school group that does our serious competitions that we have a perfect balance in. So if we have, like this year, we have, um, we have six more saxophones that we would like to be getting banned this year. And, you know, guess what? It's going to be okay. Saxophones are going to play soft for a little while. But we've got 102 right now in beginning band. And I have um, 12 percussion, five tubas, four French horns, I think eight, eight trombones, 12 trumpets, 28 clarinets, uh, not enough flutes. I think we're down to like eight flutes. And then we've got too many saxophones and uh, two oboes and two bassoons. And it's going to work out okay. So, but yes, that's, that's the way that we do it. That doesn't work for a lot of people. And it's not the way that we did it when I first came here. We used to audition in May. And then the school wanted our schedule earlier, and we started it to them in, in April. And then they wanted it earlier, and we gave it to them in May. And now we have to do it in February. But by doing what we do, I get every single kid. We have 300 kids in the band this year. And literally every single kid is in the correct class. Like every percussionist is in a percussion class. Every woodwind's in a woodwind class. Every brass is in a brass class. Because they schedule band, and then they schedule everything else around it. Cool. Um, yep. The Let's see. What about, uh, so basically then uh, the kids are uh, at that point from February, whenever they decide what they're going to play on, they're responsible for getting their instrument, and then how long do you generally, uh, how long do you generally have at the beginning of school uh, where you're still without instruments, uh, and what, what do you do during that time? Well, and again, this is one of the things that we do differently, but it works for us. Uh, some people may do it this way, but I know this isn't ideal for a lot of situations, but it works great for us. Our kids will come to school on Monday of next week, and the first day of class is a giant pep rally. They come in, we're high five, and we're talking about how great it's going to be. We um, give them an info sheet about, you know, here's the stuff we're doing this year. We have what's called a big meeting for the booster meeting for everybody to come and see all the trips and all the competitions and all the concerts and how do you get your uniform and, and all that stuff. 
and we take every kid's picture. Uh, we do a photo ID for every kid's instrument case that first day, and they get to take silly pictures. And again, it's all just fun, and Monday, Monday, Monday is fun. Everybody leaves your loving band. Tuesday, we teach everybody either how to count. Uh, sixth graders will learn whole notes, half notes, quarter notes. Seventh graders will do a rhythm review. Eighth graders will do a rhythm review. We may do some rhythm dictation. Again, we'll talk about the upcoming meeting for the boosters and getting everybody there. On Wednesday, uh, seventh and eighth graders will get their instruments out. We'll start doing review from the last quarter of the of last year on their stuff. And sixth graders will, again, be doing rhythm and talking about what we'll be doing the next day. And on Thursday, sixth graders bring their instruments. We teach them how to put them together, how to take them apart safely for the brass because it's a little easier to take apart and whatnot. We may actually play, um, I'll, I'm doing air quotes here, a note, which as we say sounds like farm animals, cows and geese and sheep and goats. And um, for percussion, I make them take literally everything out of their bag in sixth grade where I pass out dozens of permanent markers and we mark all of their stuff. And on Friday, we're, um, we're teaching. They're playing on Friday. By the following Friday, every kid in sixth grade should be playing three notes, depending on the instrument. Some may be a little further along, some may not, because it takes longer on flute to produce tone. It takes longer on clarinet to learn to put it together. Tubas have trouble getting down to those low notes. Uh, and the seventh and eighth grade bands are, we're, we're jamming. We're in the book possibly even with a piece of music passed out just something that one thing that they can say hey we're going to play this later we don't do sheet music but about 20 percent to 25 percent of the class time so but we you know just stuff to get them all jacked up about band but unlike other schools where they might not know what their instruments are our kids have their instruments the first day of school we just don't let them bring them the first day because we want them to find their lockers and how do they get home on the buses and where their class is going to be and et cetera, et cetera. And then the third day of school, seventh and eighth graders bring their instruments in play. And on the fourth day of school, sixth graders bring their instruments to play. All right. Uh, let's see. That that brought up a question. So now um, remind me again how your sixth grade classes break down. you got two, two of you guys. And how many different sixth grade classes do you have? Our class breakdown is, and again, this is something that we developed over time. When I started here 14 years ago, um, Adam Scheich had established a very good band program. I was blessed to walk into something that was already established. And as the numbers went up even more, uh, when he went to the high school and then our community became very bandy, we were able to refine things to where we want them. So after trial and error, we have come up with... Miss Poston teaches two sixth grade woodwind classes, two seventh grade woodwind classes, and two eighth grade woodwind classes. I teach sixth percussion, seventh percussion, eighth percussion, sixth brass, seventh brass, eighth brass. So she's woodwinds all day. I'm percussion in the morning and brass in the afternoons. And then, so when you start, let's say the beginners in your brass class, you're you've got. You've got all the brass kids in the room with you, the, uh, and you're not, you don't have other teachers there to help get them started. You're just doing it on your own, correct? I am doing it on my own, but I have them every day by myself, and all the brass players are there. So we're able to take our time. We do mouthpiece buzzing and breathing and pitch matching, and, you know, it's, it, it's just... 
it's just not that hard when you realize that you've just got time to take it slow and get all those things worked out. Miss Poston, on the other hand, has to deal with, you know, the entanglement of, of five different woodwind instruments, uh, flute, oboe, clarinet, saxophone, and bassoon. And, I mean, let's face it, putting a clarinet together for a sixth grader is, I don't care how coordinated they are, that's just complicated. And so then you don't want the bassoon to get hit, you know, the oboe player's broken the reed. So she has a little bit more of a struggle, but she's got a routine. She, they take their time. She knows exactly how it's going to go, step by step. She's broken it down. She has a method for every, the way everything's supposed to go. And uh, so we don't have extra people in to do that. But we've done this, you know, like I say, for a long time. So we've got a system that works for us. All right. And then uh, how about uh, how long is it, you know, you, you said that by Thursday or Friday of next week they'll be, you know, making, uh, making music and, and playing the uh, whole suites and things like that with your beginners, but um, well, yeah, we're working on Lincolnshire Posey with the beginners this year. Yes. Okay. Well, how long though? Actually, do you usually wait um, until you start introducing the music reading with the playing at the same time? Like, do you, uh, you know, I'm sure at first how long you're... before we'll be reading line one in the band book while they're playing. That's correct. Monday of the next week. Okay. So pretty quick. Um. It, it is. And again, we're in a situation where we don't teach band during the day. She teaches woodwinds. I teach brass and I teach percussion. I'm not dealing with band. So we actually have, we can just say, okay, we're going to get this from the south. And, you know, concert D is normal for the, you know, the band pitch to start. I usually start uh, with the, you know, the E on the clarinet and the B on the saxophone with Miss Poston doing that. With me, sometimes I'll start on concert F because I don't have to deal with woodwinds and I can just, you know, do an open note for everybody. And then we use the standard of excellence, you know, line one, time for band. Here's what it looks like. We've already taught them how to count clap rhythms from the first two days of school. We use the, um, the Dan Leonard system um, that has worked incredibly well for us. So by the time that we get to that second week. The kids have been looking at notes on the page every day. They just haven't actually played their instrument with them. So, you know, we're playing some sounds, and it's just whole notes, and, you know, got the little rock and roll beat going with the recording. We have a huge sound system in the band room. So, eyes on the page right off the bat, with woodwinds and brass. With okay. percussion, we do technique. Again, my percussion classes are separate. I teach them how to read music for about the first 20 minutes of class. And then we do technique for the rest of the class period without them looking at anything other than their sticks. And again, a blessing. I have a courtyard right outside where I teach that has these windows that are mirrored um, just to keep the sun from coming in. And we'll go outside and stand in the courtyard and I will make them look at themselves. And we will play eights and and a C scale on mallets up and down. I'll teach them a C scale until their technique is solid. And then we start playing together. So with the percussion classes, they actually don't start reading out of the book itself until the third week. They have a whole other week together until they hold their sticks right and, and they have their five-point checks and their posture and correct height and thumb position and all the other things that we want to work on. So quickly with brass and woodwinds, not quite as quickly with percussion. All right. Well, um, is there anything else that you would like to uh, to share from your vast array of knowledge um, with T 
teachers, mainly about beginning band. Um, you know, just anything quick, any any sort of resource maybe that you found or whatever. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious too to to hear just a little bit more about the the photo ID thing. So you're for their cases. That that sounds like a great idea. And where where you're taking the picture, you're printing it out. Then how are you creating these IDs? What we do is it, it's not it's not as fancy. It doesn't have a barcode or anything. But we have you know say for example this year we have I'm, I'm guesstimating seventy to eighty clarinet players in the school. And, you know, just a ton of those instruments. And a lot of them, of course, come from the local music stores. We have Peck Mail Music. We have Musical Innovations that the vast majority of our instruments come from. They all look the same. And even though they have a name tag on it, I mean, with that many of them, they just kept taking the wrong instruments home. So we got our booster club to, to give us, I think it's about $100 every year. We buy those clear name tags like... I'm looking at one right now that my staff ID is hanging in, just to, you know, that you put a lanyard on. Um, just because Technol's local, they, they sell me those little heavy-duty rubber band type things that they attach the name tags to their instrument case with. Right. We take their picture. I have a color printer in the library. We print their color picture about the, it's about the size of a school ID. Of their of their face, and you know, sometimes they're holding up weird signs, and we let them have fun with the picture. It's not a yearbook picture, so they can have fun with it. On the back, it says uh, their name and their class period, and it says, "If found, please return to the Malden Middle School band room." And it gives a phone number. We don't put the kids' home phone number and home address on there. That's we don't do that. And they're required to have this on their case. It's not optional. We buy that for them. So that when they go to get their instrument, they know where it's supposed to be, they know what color their tag is, and they should look at their picture and their name to make sure they take the correct thing home. That has helped tremendously with the security of the instruments. Plus, say for example, if I'm if I leave and a kid's left their instrument in the band room, our custodians know that if a kid comes to them after school hours and say, Hey, I need to get my band instrument, they can walk them down here and and the kid will say, well, hey, this is my instrument. The custodian says, show me the name tag. And if the picture on the name tag matches the kid trying to get it, they're allowed to take it. But if it doesn't match the picture, they're not allowed to take it. That's pretty Just another security, yeah. another security feature. Well, I appreciate you giving up some time to talk to us today. I'm sure that you and I will have uh, future chats that we'll share with people about uh, various band things. You always seem to have a lot of neat ideas. You and... Julie really got it going on up there at Malden and uh, would uh, certainly recommend anybody to, to take a personal day and come up and watch you guys. Um, but uh, like I said, we appreciate you uh, being on and uh, chatting with us. Well, thank you. And Mike, and thank you so much for all that you do for bands in South Carolina, especially the middle school bands. This, uh, this podcast idea is just another thing that you've done that's going to change um, the, the teaching strategies and, and, and help hundreds of teachers, which will translate into tens, if not tens of thousands of students down the road. So your impact here is great and, and greatly appreciated. And we really, um, we really cherish all of your thoughts and ideas and everything that you do for Ben. And we really appreciate you, man. We really do. Well, I appreciate that. Well, you uh, have a great beginning to your school year. And um, I'll, if it's okay with you, I'm going to put your email along with the post so that if anybody has any follow-up questions or whatever, they can uh, click on that and email you and, and get in touch with that. Sound good? That'd be great. Thank you so much, man. All right. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.